This week's topic is Aviat's Husky, from backcountry hound to water dog. Stay tuned. You're listening to Water Flying, a weekly podcast to bring you all things seaplanes. I'm Steve McCoy, the Executive Director of the Seaplane Pilots Association. And I'm Abby Kellett, Assistant to the Executive Director at the Seaplane Pilots Association, and I'm also a flight instructor in seaplanes. The Seaplane Pilots Association is committed to protecting and promoting water flying. We achieve this by working to maintain and expand waterway access. We promote seaplane safety, create educational programs, produce the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community, and we create exciting seaplane events. We want to continue to improve this podcast, and we encourage your feedback. Feel free to reach out to us if there is anything you would like to hear in future episodes. So thanks for listening. Let's jump right in. So today we are joined by Kevin Oaks, the Aviot's Southeast Regional Sales Director. He had the incredible generosity to fly over his amazing new Husky on 2100 Whipline Amphibs today and let Abby and I go for a flight, which was pretty amazing. So this is a very set, special set of these floats as they are the 500th set of Whipline 2100 Anfibs. Kevin, thanks for bringing the airplane by, letting us burn some fuel, go out, have some fun, and joining us today. Sure. Thanks uh, for having me, Steve. It's been fun. I thought it was all business here at the SPA headquarters, but uh, <laughs> we're having way too much fun today. We're going to work to fly airplanes. <laughs> and it's such a good demo airplane, too. So you've been flying it since April of last year. So it's a demo airplane for Aviat. And it really it's just a nice airplane. Yeah, this is a 2021 Husky A1C, and we picked it up from Whip Air uh, in uh, St. Uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota in April. Very nice. Very nice. So I think Steve and I are going to give our two cents on our flight because it's an area that we fly all the time. It is. Yeah. So, you know, when I'm doing training, I don't go further than eight miles from Lake Jesse. <laughs> and so it's a very, you know, familiar area, but it's neat seeing it in a different airplane. Yeah. And I want to just let our listeners know, not only can you listen to this podcast about this amazing airplane, but it's going to be uh, the very next cover issue or uh, story for Waterflying Magazine. So uh, I love the tie-in of doing a podcast, getting to fly the airplane that is the cover story of the very next magazine, which will be at AirVenture, uh, as the airplane will, which we'll talk about later. Very nice. Yeah. So Kevin, you've, you've been flying the airplane for a while. What are your thoughts on it? Well, what originally drew me to Huskies, whether on amphibs or floats or um, wheels, is just it's it's that old world flying experience in a modern airplane. So you have that same fly with the door open feeling that you get in you know a Super Cub or, or an older airplane like that. But, you know, it's a much safer aircraft. It's got better performance. You've got a full IFR panel with glass. So if you're Going on your VFR adventure and there's weather between where you start and where you're going, you have the ability to go ahead and get through. So I've always liked that. You know, the Husky uh, carries uh, a lot of, it's got what I call useful, useful load. So <laughs> it's not just all at the pilot seat. You know, you right. can really load this thing up with, with fuel with another person and, and with all of your gear to go have the adventure. And really that's what these types of airplanes are all about is the adventure. 
Definitely. Yeah. And I always like that about, you know, the caravan whipline floats, the 8750s, those big compartments. And, you know, you can just really load them load up. Them up. You know, don't, yeah. I wouldn't test the limits of it, but certainly, you know, it's, it's an adventure machine and you can just, you can actually take it where some places and you can really experience water flying in different areas. You don't have to stay contained. Yeah, and these aircraft are great cross-country, great bush-flying airplanes. They're great daily flyers, Um, you know, and it was really nice to see the contrast between, I I own a pair of 2100 amphibs, uh, whipline amphibs, and I love them. And uh, I get to fly them all the time in my Super Cub, but it was really good to see the contrast between the Husky, which this is, I think, the second Husky or third Husky I've flown on these floats. But this is a whole new con- uh, configuration with the uh, Trailblazer prop on there, uh, which is relatively new to the aircraft, uh, especially on floats. And uh, it was it was very enjoyable. Uh, I've got a lot of takeaways. I've got a, several pages of notes uh, from my impression of the airplane. But I think it's also important for people to know, Kevin, you've got an amazing background that I think we should at least talk about a little bit as well. So people know what your perspective is coming in as the Southeast, uh, you know, the sales rep for Aviat. Uh, you've worked for other aviation companies. You and I have flown all over the Bahamas. You've flown airplanes all over the world. Uh, so you're not new to this at all. No, I, I'm not. Um, obviously, every flight you learn something new. But I, I was always drawn to the Husky um, because of, of what it is. It has that. It's a small airplane. It's light. It's nimble. It's uh, it's got great performance. But it's it's it feels like a, a bigger airplane. It's got a substantial feel to it. So that's what always drew me to it, and that's what drew me to Aviad. And as it would uh, luck would have it, I, I you know work with those folks and. Uh, and uh, handle the, the southeast part of the country and uh, help help people decide which uh, husky they want to buy and, and demo uh, do demo flights and that kind of thing. So yeah, it's it's always been my favorite airplane on floats. Wow, that's wow. a big statement. And you get to fly it all the time, and it's a really nice airplane. We got to fly it. Yes. And I think it's important to point out the fact that you know it's we were talking about it. The airplane sells itself. It's, it's not like you have to go and, oh, look at this airplane. Let's go fly it. Do you see how amazing it? Like, you just get to experience it, and you get to see what a nice airplane it is. And you guys will get a little feel of that when you see the, the magazine, the printed yes. magazine, because this thing is off the charts. As far as ramp appeal, on a scale of 1 to 10, this thing is a 12, you know, to it's 13. It's popular. It, it's amazing. And Mark Twombly did a nice job of really capturing the airplane in the And magazine. Brad Fuller. And Brad Fuller, the absolutely. I, look, this is either your thing or it's not, right. right? That's what we were talking about. And and water flying is a unique, we're kind of a unique group of folk. Air, airplanes aren't supposed to go in the water, right? But we do. <laughs> and we have that unique um, privilege to be able to do that. And I think there's something really special about all seaplanes. But this one in particular, it's blend of, it's not necessarily the most modern, new, slick thing, but it's not trying to be, right? right? It blends right. the best of seaplanes from beginning to present, if that makes sense. It does make sense. It does. Yeah, I think that the uh, build construction on this airplane has always impressed me. Of course, I go back to the days when I was a a pitch distributor or worked for a pitch distributor, and we had Huskies uh, that we were selling as well. But the build construction, the quality uh, that Aviat builds into the aircraft is amazing. Yeah, 
the, these airplanes are built in Afton, Wyoming. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a uh, a U.S. owned company. They're based in Western Wyoming. Everyone out there looks like you would expect everyone to look like in Wyoming, <laughs> you know, with the beards down to here, right. you know, and, it, and it's truly bush pilot country, right? right? And these airplanes have a reputation for being extraordinary bush planes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think oftentimes people forget about them on floats. Right. They forget that it makes such a great float plane. And it's versatile because you can switch it back and forth between wheels and floats quite easily. So, um, yeah, and it's, it's a, it is a well-built airplane. And if you go out and visit the factory, and I'd invite anyone to do that, um, the, the, the quality in the airplane, the final product itself, is, is evident when you walk through. Uh, Form, through. fit, and finish is amazing. How do you it. like it on the bush wheels versus the floats? And, I mean, we talked about it, how there's different goals and adventures whether you have it on bush or floats amphibs but how do you like it uh, it's it's extraordinary it's it'd be a whole nother discussion and conversation because it's a it's a different adventure Mm -hmm. right it's not better um in florida we're privileged to have very few regulations on the water here Uh, we have a lot of great water flying we have more seaplane pilots than anyone else i mean this is a this is the place to have a seaplane um, but if I was in northern Idaho or other parts of the country, um, the bush wheels are, are unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty okay, neat. That's next. That's next, next airplane that Kevin brings us to fly. Bush flying, <laughs> bush wheels and everything. And I thought it was interesting. You know, we talk about it in the magazine. We really recommend, you know, if you're not a member, be sure to renew or join the Seaplane Pilots Association. You'll re- receive a magazine every two months. And so... This is a pretty nice issue. I like the cover. The cover is unique. The cover is um, definitely really unique, unique as, and, um, as the aircraft is. It shows the the flight that Mark Twombly and Kevin took down the Mississippi. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So, so tell me a little bit about your impression, uh, Steve and Abby. I'm just mm-hmm. curious definitely. with, you know, tell I don't know what you necessarily fly every day. I know, Steve, you fly a Super Cub and that's your airplane. And Abby, I know you instruct as well, but you, I didn't realize you had flown the caravans and some other things too. So I'm curious your impressions of the airplane after flying it around this morning. Yeah. So my impressions, you know, I'm going, I'm coming from a Super Cub on Edo 2000s and they're straight floats. And so certainly the takeoff run, it was like, when are we going to take off? It has a really nice performance, but comparatively, you know, the straight floats versus the amphibs, of course you're going to get more from the straight floats, but it really has a nice step. You know, it was a little bit bit of push forward to get it on the step, but once you're on that step, you really feel that acceleration and, you know, you just kind of hang it there and it's not like you're sitting there and, oh my gosh, we're not taking off. It's just a little bit of patience more so than a well, straight floated. Yeah, exactly. So you're a straight float plane pilot I know, these I'm days, spoiled. So, and yeah. so if you want to listen to a previous episode where Steve and I argue about amphibs versus <laughs> straight floats, you can find that in um, previous episodes. I really like it. It has a neat configuration in the cockpit. You're, it's very roomy. And I know we talked about, you know, the rudder pedals are so far apart. And so it's just getting a little bit of a different seat and how you need to be set in the airplane. Um yeah, it's it's an interesting airplane. I liked it. Yeah, uh, and I, FYI, you can get it on straight floats. Ooh. I, ooh. So I, Steve. We'll go th- in together. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. So uh, as a Super Cub pilot, um, you know, it was very familiar. Uh, I thought that the presentation as a pilot, looking out of the pilot seat over the cowling, mm-hmm. uh, looking... I, I was impressed again. You can see the nose gear position on the floats, just like I can in the Super Cub. It's really easy to see all the gear indicators, yes. uh, which was great. Uh, you know, I've said it 
many times I'll say it again, flying with the doors open is the only way to fly. Uh, so I love that part of it. Um, and I, I hope Kevin was as confident as I was. But what I thought was really nice is I was super confident just getting in the airplane the first time and getting up and flying it. We were out doing, our, 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 you know, all the landings we did, including the first one, was a glassy water landing, which, you know, generally your first landing in an airplane on a test flight, which is essentially what we were doing, I don't know that you want to go out in glassy water conditions and do glassy water landings. It's a little your, bit more technical. Yeah. So, but I mean, we were doing circuits on a lake and we were landing in exactly the same place every time. Um, and I thought the airplane was incredibly well balanced. Uh, it was very well controlled. It inspired confidence and it made it very easy to do glassy water landings when I had not been flying the airplane. So I, I thought it was great. I've, like I said, I've got a whole set of notes here, but my initial impression was well balanced, well controlled, handled the water well. Um, and it was very predictable. Um, it was kind of what I expected. It's not the first time I've flown a Husky, but it's been a while since I've flown one. And um, it was, it wasn't, a, uh, you know, I would recommend it. I mean, that's all I can say. Yeah, it was, it was a good transition from Super Cub to Husky. I didn't think it was anything, you know, you had to relearn. It was a pretty easy transition. So there's some things that are different. So Hartzell mm -hmm. has been a partner of the Seaplane Pilots Association. They sponsor our corn roast. They advertise in the magazine. We've always had a great relationship with Hartzell. This has the Trailblazer propeller on it, which is fairly new uh, the, the last couple of years. Uh, first time I've flown a seaplane with the Trailblazer propeller on it. Uh, so that was interesting. Any, any information on the propeller? It's, it's my favorite configuration propeller-wise on the airplane. It's the 80-inch Trailblazer, and whether it's seaplane or bush plane, most of them come delivered with that. It, it's an option, but everyone orders it because it's such a good prop. It spins up fast. It really gives you that seat in the seat of the pants kick um, that, the, that the other props don't. Yeah, and so it's a constant speed propeller. Mm -hmm. So unlike my Super Cub that has a borer on it, fixed pitch prop, uh, it does have a constant speed prop, which is interesting. I really like because of the prop configuration, it moves the throttle and mixture and uh, configuration over to the sidewall, uh, left sidewall, where I like it. Uh, and I found that that throttle quadrant was very friendly, uh, again, very familiar to me. Uh, and I like that part of it as well. Yeah, it was a little different for me just getting, you know, the feel for it because, you know, fixed pitch on the Super Cubo Rep Brown. So it was just a little different. But no, it was nice. There's, um, it's, it was an easy transition. One of the neat things I thought was interesting was they took out that vertical extension underneath the rudder and they added finlets. Mm -hmm. And so when you see this thing on the ramp, it has these little pieces sticking up on either side of the vertical stabilizer. So how do you, how do you feel with those, um, flying the airplane? So um, the folks at Whip Air can speak more to the technical mm -hmm. and engineering aspects of that, but it essentially gives the airplane a lot more directional stability uh, than the ventral fin did. Right. And if you fly the two airplanes side by side, and I flew, mind you, it was an A1B with the ventral fin and then in, in this airplane, um, it, it's night and day. So mm -hmm. it's a really, th th that change along with, um, you know, the bungee trim system is gone. Now you have a proper trim tab with right. redundancy on it. Um, and a few other things. So that was just a, an enhancement, but it really makes a big difference in the day-to-day -day flying, especially in crosswinds. Definitely, definitely. And wow. then you have the 
No, were you going to say anything, Steve? Just, no, just a lot less uh, right rudder. So I remember flying with the single ventral fin aircraft. I was flying at least. Um, it needed a lot of right rudder, and I didn't have any of that on this airplane at all. I had a hard time getting a feel for the rudders. I asked, oh. I asked <laughs> Kevin in the backseat, "You sliding around back there?" And he's like, "Yeah, a little bit." <laughs> so it was just—it's an interesting setup, and it was like I'm, I need more left rudder than I would think. It's like I think I'm putting in too much right, and so. Um, just the coordination, you know, it's just that getting the feel for it. Yeah. But, no, but it comes really easily. You know, it's it's a nice airplane. And then talking about the laser gear advisory system from Whip Air. And I thought that's interesting because coming from straight floats to amphibs, I'd like a little bit of security, a little bit of extra, you know, something telling me where that gear is because it's not necessarily something I've been thinking about for the past two years flying straight floats. So can you speak on that, that advisory system? Well, I, what I like about it and what I had to get used to, honestly, is I think any of us that have flown with a gear advisory system, we get those false alarms. Mm-hmm. They're always bothering us, <laughs> yeah. right? And so and you just tune it out. You hear it so much. Well, in human behavior, if we tune it out, then we eventually ultimately tune it out. And it's telling us our gear's in the wrong position and we're not listening to it. Right. So unlike a system that's put in as an afterthought in an airplane, this one really had a lot of thought put into it to where it only bothers you if your gear is in the wrong position. So the laser can tell whether you're over it land or water. It doesn't bother you. It reminds you. It, it reminds <laughs> you. Which, if it's a false it's a alarm, is a bother. You know? But yeah, yeah. No, right. no, no, you're right. But it, it's um, so the 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 laser can tell whether you're over the water or the mm-hmm. land, and it uses airspeed and other other factors to know that you're in the landing configuration. And when Steve and I were out, we didn't hear it once. Yeah, I came back and I was like, we didn't actually go through that enough. Right. And it's because we were flying correctly and we didn't need it because we were... You were flying correctly. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think it's neat, though. You know, the whole idea that it's only going to yell at you and, and, you know, remind you... When you're doing something wrong. When you're doing something wrong. And so you don't have the option to tune it out because you hear it on every landing. So, you know, you almost hear that and... It is an alert. It's an alert. And it's like something isn't right. Just go around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's... It's just something else kind of to wake you up. Now, I think any of us that have flown amphibs, either the flying boats or uh, amphib floats, I think if you've flown a number of them, you've probably been exposed to one of these gear warning systems that constantly goes off or goes off prematurely or at the wrong time. And it does. You know, it defeats the purpose of the system if it's going off erroneously, because what it does is it it deadens your senses to the fact that it's there. And I know one aircraft in particular I used to fly – Anytime you are at 2,450 RPM, the, the gear warning indicator was going off and, right. and you just got tone deaf to it. Mm-hmm. This only goes off when you need it. And Whip Air put a lot of energy and money into the system. I don't have it on my Super Cub yet. It's one of the improvements I want to add to my Super Cub mm-hmm. uh, because I, I really think it's a great system. And I think it's nice that you can buy it as, you know, on the airplane, it's ready to go with the system included. So uh, kudos to Whip Air and, and Husky for or Aviat for making this possible on that. Yeah, definitely. So going back to you are the cover story. The airplane is the cover story of Water Flying's next issue, which will be coming out very shortly. And so it's kind of cool that we have that the podcast. printer right now. Is that the printer right now as we speak? So you'll be getting that in your mailboxes soon if you are a Seaplane Pilots Association member. Otherwise, renew, join, do all that good stuff. And there's pictures in there, and it shows your your journey with Mark Twombly. That looked like a pretty fun flight. Well, we thought we, we approached, we, Aviat, we approached mm-hmm. uh, Whip Air and we told them what we wanted to do. And we wanted to keep a, a, a an aircraft in the demo fleet 
with floats, mm-hmm. amphib floats, because there's such an interest in it. But it's a it's a difficult thing to describe to someone, especially when most buyers of the seaplane, um, it maybe is their first seaplane. Right. I can tell you about floats all day long, but if you get out there on the lake and you fly it, it makes a big difference, right? Sure. Um, so we wanted to uh, to do this, and they actually set aside Whip Air set aside the 500 set of floats for this particular Husky, mm-hmm. which has the anniversary paint scheme and some things that make it special. And um, I thought the best way to christen that 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 ship would be uh, with an adventure. And so Mark Twombly is always up for an adventure. And uh, <laughs> I thought, you know, a Mississippi River trip would mm-hmm. be ideal. And what better way to break in a set of floats uh, on an aircraft like this than to, to, to take every bend of the Mississippi. Now, we did uh, we did leave the Mississippi around Memphis, Tennessee area, and we headed uh, east so that we could catch uh, some mountain lakes and in that, but uh, but it was it was it was fantastic. It was amazing. We had good weather. Um, the the you know we didn't do as much of the uh, like in Michael Smith's trip where he did the camping on the banks of the Mississippi. <laughs> right. We looked for spots to do it, but unfortunately we had to you know keep it, it moving. It, but, sun yeah. and fun was approaching, and it, you needed to be there. <laughs> it was yeah. We were we we had a little bit of a deadline, but amazing weather, amazing adventure, and that's the kind of trips that you do in a plane like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Mississippi River trip is one of my favorites in any seaplane. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend anyone to do it, even if you can only do a small section of it, but, uh, conveniently the Mississippi runs between, uh, uh whip air up in, uh, in Minnesota and Florida. So that's the way we needed to come kind home. Kind of a nice trail. So yeah, yeah, that worked out well. So we did that. And then we went over to, uh, North Georgia to Blue Ridge Lake, mm-hmm. uh, did some mountain flying there. Um, and, uh, that's a that's a beautiful area. It's one of uh, several. There there are several North Georgia lakes that uh, do not permit seaplanes, but this is one of the ones that does, and it's an absolutely beautiful area if you've never been there. Uh, and then we followed the Savannah River all the way to the coast, the East Coast, and then followed the East Coast of uh, Georgia and Florida on on down to Central Florida. Yeah, which is amazing. And again, so you know, for people that don't see everything that we see going on to make something like this happen. You were talking to the manufacturer or working with the manufacturer, Avion, to get this aircraft built. There's a coordination with Whip Air to make sure that it's on the 500th set of Amphibs. There's coordination with Mark Twombly and his schedule to get you and him and the aircraft all in many South St. Paul at the same time to make the flight back, to make it in time for Sun and Fun. And then we had to coordinate yet another photo shoot uh, for the magazine to make it happen. Then we've had a couple of false starts getting you here to fly the airplane, which you've been so gracious to do. You bring the airplane here. Abby and I both get a chance to fly it. And here we are recording. So the amount of coordination that goes into doing some of these podcasts and these magazine stories is amazing. And thank you, Kevin, for, you know, making all of that happen. I don't think people realize when they see a story in the magazine how many weeks, months go into it, how much planning goes into it, and how much time it takes. There's a lot of time invested in all of this. I think it's time well spent because my favorite part of what I do uh, with Aviat is sharing this adventure flying with people, whether it's on bush wheels or on floats. And I think, you know, when people say, uh, you know, oh, I saw your picture on, you know, this social media platform or, or I heard of this adventure or whatever, yeah. you, they realize, you know, I never thought of doing a trip like that. You know, the Bahamas <laughs> yeah. adventures we had been on before and some of these things really 
gives folks the idea, you know, we can, we can look up the equipment, right? We, we joked mm-hmm. about, you know, nobody wants to listen to a, a long line of specifications right. of an airplane. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a snooze fest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but where am I going to go with that airplane? What am I mm-hmm. going to do with it? Once, if I buy this, where, where do I go? Who can I bring? Where do I stop? Can I dock? Can I beach? Can I, so all of these things are important. So I think all of that effort that, that, that goes into it is worth it because this is our version of sharing what we do and what we love with the, the people that are watching. And Absolutely. I've learned a lot about adventures and things I never would have even thought about had other folks not shared in the same way, whether it be via social media or through, you know, an organization like SPA or one of the others. And, and this is, um, uh, this is what we do. We're airplane nerds and we need to share with other <laughs> airplane, airplane nerds. nerds. I like yeah. that though. And it's, it's almost like you need someone to, to show you what can be done. Maybe you don't want to be the trailblazer. You know, I want to see that someone else has done it well. And, you know, I don't look at myself as, you know, an exceptional special pilot. You know, I can do this. Anyone can do this. You can but, have fun in an airplane like this. And that's one of the big things I always preach about. And also I'll get on my pulpit for a minute is just go out and do it. You know, if you're not a seaplane pilot and we've had these conversations and Kevin has been, you know, qu- such a good advocate for seaplane flying in the aviation community. So when you were at Progressive Aerodyne and I came to you and said, I've got this dream. I would like SPA to have a long-term test airplane that we take into our fold and we fly it around for a year or so and we report on it and we get to experience an aircraft. And Kevin, to my great pleasure and surprise, came to me and said, we can do that. Let's make it happen. And then the same thing with the, the, the Bahama trips that we've done. You pulled the owners together of the aircraft, and we got to fly down the Bahama chain for a week at a time. So you're helping these people get out and use their aircraft and, again, live the adventure. And th- there's not enough that can be said about that. Well, and, and there's nothing more sad than a, an amazing adventure airplane that just sits in the hangar all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And so... Do, yeah. Do you have dreams for this aircraft? So this is a demo <laughs> aircraft. You know, it is available for purchase from Aviat. What What would be your ideal situation for this airplane? Because I know you've gotten attached to it. I've honestly gotten <laughs> attached to it after flying it for twenty minutes. Um, but Abby didn't want to get out. I didn't. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. It's like, oh, my seatbelt won't come off. You'll just have to leave me. <laughs> the person that wants to buy this airplane is going to be looking for the 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 features that I talked about, the mm-hmm. modern glass panel, the safety elements, the, the, you know, a, a backseat in, in the airplane that you would actually want to put your family. A useful in, load. Right. A useful <laughs> load that you can actually use. Right. So that's the person that's going to buy this airplane, but they're going to buy it to do these type of adventures, whether it's the islands or whether it's the, the lakes and the, and the, you know, the great lakes area or the middle part of the country or, out west, I mean, obviously, we talk backcountry, we talk bush wheels in Montana and Dakotas and Idaho, but there's some great seaplane flying out there as well, Maine, right? So there's, there's so, there are just so many things you could do with this, and I think that's the person who will purchase this airplane or order order one, you know, but... Uh, the world opens up to them. It does. Yeah, and there's trade-offs. Obviously, you give up a 1,000 pounds useful load mm-hmm. with some amphibs. You don't have that anymore which, like you do on wheels. And, and um, that trade-off is something that we do so that we can take these airplanes into the water. And, and uh, I think it's worth it. Yeah, because, you know, we get to... There, there's 7,500 lakes here in Florida alone uh, that we can 
theoretically use over 150 acres. So if you look at the entire United States, how many airports and grass strips are there in the United States? There's a heck of a lot more waterways and lakes than there are even grass strips and paved runways. So our options, and especially with an Anfib, you can use those as well. So, you know, it just opens your options that much more. We, we, uh, I mean, you, you got to take your hat off to the president of Aviatus, uh, Steve Anderson, if you never met him. And he was the one that gave this float project the go ahead along right. with the, you know, the owner, Stu Horn. But the, the, um, he's very big about let's get the person in the airplane, right? And, and, and that may be someone who doesn't buy a new airplane. Maybe they go get a used one. Maybe they, uh, buy one 10 years from now or what have you. But what we're doing is we're bringing someone into a family. Into the family. Yep. Exactly. And that's that's the idea. And that's the whole point of having um, the the float, uh, float plane demo down here. And if anyone is interested in experiencing that or just wants to talk about maybe a trip they're thinking about, maybe an adventure I saw you doing this, I'd maybe like to do that just with my family or a you know, mother-daughter, father-son trip, whatever, brothers getting together. I mean, I'm happy to talk to people about those things too because that's that's what I love about aviation is the, the adventures. Absolutely. Yeah. Last time I saw you with this airplane, matter of fact, we were at one of our monthly splash ins and you had your son out for the day in That's the airplane. Yeah. So, I mean, he's living the dream. So you can actually check this amazing aircraft out at AirVenture because it will be at the seaplane base, uh, at the Whip Air uh, cabin, I call it. <laughs> yeah, that's our plan. We're going to, uh, I'll fly it up uh, just prior to the show. We're going to park it at the Whip Air cabin at the Oshkosh seaplane base for the duration of the show. And uh, I'll be out there to talk to folks uh, for at least uh, the first two thirds of the week or so. And uh, yeah, we'd love to see you out there. You can check out the airplane and uh, go flying if we need to. Yeah, so we'll put links to all of your contact information in the show notes. But how do the listeners get a hold of you if they're interested in purchasing a Husky or a Husky on Amphibs, especially this really nice one? Yeah, we we have a network of uh, regional reps around the country. And if you go to aviataircraft.com, there's a little map there and you can find the person near you that can that can um, that can help you or you're welcome to give me a call. My contact information is all there, email, phone and such. Um, You can follow us on Instagram at at aviataircraft um, or you can follow me at Kevin Oaks for my own, you know, personal adventures. I like following Kevin. He's got really nice pictures on Instagram. He's my he's my Instagram idol, so I try to recreate some of what he's doing. He just he's really living the dream here. As our social media person, I, that's funny. Yes, we're, we're follow, nice I'm, I'm following. I'm following uh, Kevin. I, I'm not going to be her. Uh, she's she's her your stalker. <laughs> photography. Uh, you won't admire my photography after you see the dozen pictures of the back of your head from uh, when we went on your flight today. So I tried. But there's a big smile. And that's honestly there, all that matters. <laughs> when I would turn my head and he gets half of my smile. So, Kevin, just thank you so much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And thank you for the flight. Oh, it was a blast. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you have been, again, so accommodating with all of our scheduling needs, um, so generous with the airplane. It is an amazing airplane. 7-3 Whiskey Yankee will stay in my memory for a while now uh, because it was a very fun, exciting, amazing airplane to fly. It looked really good in my backyard, I might add, as well. (laughs) I got some pictures of it in your backyard. It's nice. So uh, I would like to see it there. (laughs) (laughs) It is available. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, Steve. I might. I, I yeah. I'm, I'm 
I don't know that my nonprofit salary would support it at the moment, but uh, there we have it. So uh, again, Kevin, thank you for coming by, being so generous, letting us fly this amazing airplane. We hope that you all that are going to AirVenture will stop by the seaplane base and visit Whip Air's booth and see it as well and hopefully put a deposit on it. Um, and uh, until next time, blue skies, calm waters, join us again for our next adventure. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community. And it's available in both printed and digital form. Your membership also includes access to the Water Landing Directory app, which has the Seaplane Flight School directory and a calendar of seaplane events, not only here in the United States, but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying.